From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 237, and today I'm joined by my son, Ephraim, to watch the entire Hunger Games series. This is episode 235, and today I'm sitting down with Choco Boo Boo. Who? You. Me? This is Ephraim. He's my son, and we're going to watch... No, I'm not. You're not my son? Uh, but I am. Why? I've spent so much money on you, and the stuff I have... The, the, the <laughs> sacrifices I have made for you, get out of my house. No. Uh, anyway, we're sitting down to watch what? Uh, you forgot? Kids murder each other. We're watching. Yeah, he's not wrong. What's it? What's it officially called though? Starving Games. Starving Games. Yeah, The Hunger Games. We're gonna watch the Hunger Games series. I have seen these films, but I think I've only seen them all once when they first came out. And Ephraim haven't. But. I've read the books. We just book. Bo- yeah, we both finished the first book, and now we're uh, into the second book. So we're gonna we're that's how we're gonna do this series. We're gonna read the book and, and then, then watch the movie. Watch the movie. So you know the story. Yeah. That to say, adaptations often shift and change things. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know how much of the and now it's, and it's gonna be really fresh for both of us because we both finished this within like the last week. Mm-hmm. Like, can they get Harry Potter right? Maybe. You know, like you're, you like Harry Potter. And they just got it like it's too short. Yeah, but it's. You could have it's, made the movies like three hours and they would have been perfect. It's kind of the nature of but it. They I, didn't want to pay Daniel Radcliffe. This has nothing to do with paying Daniel Radcliffe. They could have got him dirt cheap for the first couple. <laughs> what I'm, what I've always said that, like books like that need to be. Oh, I gotta take this call. What? Sorry, I'm, I'll turn it off. Uh, I've always said what? that. The whole world is texting us. <laughs> Um, I've always said that book series like that, like the books deserve to be television series because you can really flesh them out and spend time with character and storylines, which you'll appreciate in a couple of years when you can watch Game of Thrones. Or The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. It just, it just gives more time to tell smaller, more nuanced stories, which, you know, these big books are full of, but they just don't have time. They have to, and you have to understand too... It's really easy for books to pivot around and focus on various aspects of story, where movies generally work best when you're following like a really linear single thread, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have a, the movie has to have a point of view. I feel like adaptations of books for movies aren't as good as just like regular movies, standalone movies. Well, it's hard to say because if you haven't watched, if you haven't read the source material. Mm-hmm. Then it, you then you'll love it, but then if you have, but that but that's that's just it. It's all about perspective, like, right? I like, hate it so much because this is the 
Survivor. Yeah, like one of my least favorite adaptations was Scott Pilgrim. Be- but Scott. But that's just it. You watched the movie first, right? Yeah. And you really, really loved the movie and then came to the books where I read the books, had read them several times, and when the movie came out... You were like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I, I was really excited for it. Then I just... I kept on... I was one of those experiences going, it's Edgar Wright. I love Edgar Wright. I that love these books. That would be good as seven movies. Well, I don't know. I don't know. If, I think it would be... It's hard to do that as a series or... It's just a weird thing to adapt. But my problem with it was just... The, the the way they framed it. They framed it around, like, a week or two, maybe. I think the yeah. whole movie takes and, place. And the book takes place between, like, two years. Two or three years. Books. So the book's about a long-term relationship, and the movie turns that really somewhat nuanced long-term relationship into a short-term, like, barely relationship. Uh-huh. So it was really hard to get invested and believe that Scott is going to continually risk his life for this girl that he just met two days ago, who doesn't even really seem that into him in the books. Or in the movie, I should say. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it looks... I'm going to risk my life for you, even though you don't like me. But it looks good. Like it looks, I mean, Edgar Wright's a ridiculously talented filmmaker, and I love yeah. pretty much everything he does. I just felt that that major shift was the core of the books for me, and it was just it was just hard but to it would be better as a survive from that. TV show or, like, four or three movies. Or just, like, let the relationship become a real relationship and don't, and don't tighten up the timeline so much. And they could have made it a longer movie. Yeah, make it slightly longer. Make but it, like, two hours. I didn't mind some of the trims they did to the story. It was just, I just felt like that... I just didn't care about the relationship the way I do in the books. Mm-hmm. Like, I love them in the books, and I just felt like I didn't even feel like they were in a relationship here. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. We're not Hun- talking about We're Scott talking about Pilgrim. Hunger Games. We're talking about Hunger Games. So, what do you think the differences are going to be in the movie to the book? Like, what, what, what aspects of well, the book? Well, you told me one already, but not too big. Yeah, very small. Um, I, I, I don't even know if that's true. I can't remember how it happens in, mm-hmm. in the movie. I just mentioned to Ephraim how the the pin, the Mockingjay pin. Yeah. I think it comes from different sources in the movie versus the book. But uh, I'm uh, I'm curious what pieces because I do remember the movie a little bit. Um, <laughs> a little. No, I, I I mean I only saw it once when it first came out, and so that's you know it's a fair amount ago. So what sequences were some of your favorite in the book? That you're like really either excited to see or nervous to see because you'll think they'll they'll do it differently. Dapples. 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 I don't know what you mean by dapples. Apples. Oh, the apples. Oh, oh, when she. Th- I mean, here's the thing. Spoiler: If you haven't read or watched the movies, we're going to talk about some stuff right oh now. Oh my god, it looks like I'm. A you're talking about when she blows up the supplies. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's there, and I think it's the same method. Oh well, what about? I don't know. I think there I think that the ending with Kato is different. Mm. I don't think like he, he gets dragged away and it <laughs> By the and, Well, cuz in the book it, it, it he gets dragged away and it takes all night and they just listen in the distance as he's being torn apart. I'm pretty sure they do it on camera much faster. Oh shit. Well, they do it on camera in the sense that it's just mm. off camera like he doesn't get dragged away and it takes hours. I'm pretty sure it happens in a short... They just condense the time period it all happens within just to make it more exciting, uh-huh. right? So you're not just waiting for like 12 hours? Well, that's just it. I feel like the book has all these um, moments where uh, 
where it uh, there's these lulls where they, they they take long breaks. I think the movie doesn't give them as many long breaks to recover from. One thing I remember when I first saw the movie, and I'm curious how I feel this time around, was I really loved her and Gail, um, and you know was really invested in their relationship, mm-hmm. and so I really didn't have any interest in her, like in a relationship with Peta at all. It kind of made me upset because I because I think also in the movie, it's it's not like the book where the movie just follow. I don't want to ruin anything for you. Don't I, ruin I, anything. Th- this is the last thing I'll say. But what I remember from the movie was that it's not just all through her point of view all the time, the way the book is. Mm-hmm. They often cut to people oh, watching oh, the yeah, game. You told me that. Yeah, they cut to like people watching the games and the bigger world, and so you get to see how some people are reacting to some of the stuff that's happening, and so. They developed a stronger thread and or more like they just kind of pushed this love triangle between Peter, Gale and her a bit stronger, which mm-hmm. is smart because, you know, you're aiming this movie for teens, probably teen girls. You want the teen girls to ship one of them because this is also coming off the su- su- success of Twilight, which was all about like these love triangles. And- <laughs> So they were going out. So at the time uh, this came out, they were going after those movies had finished or were finishing, and so they were totally going after that crowd, right? To uh, to embrace the movies. Oh no! Uh, is there anything else that you're? Well, you you when you saw the trailer, what did you think? It looks weird. What make, what looks weird about it? Everything. Can you be more vague? Can you <laughs> throw me a bone, man? Everything what? looks weird in the trailer. Like the casting, you don't think the casting is good? I don't know. Could have done better. Oh, man, the casting? I mean, here's the thing. I, I really like Jennifer Lawrence. Um, at the time, I was I didn't know much. She'd been in a movie. I want to call it Winter, White River or Winter's Bone. It was a, a... One of those. It was an indie hit at Sundance, and, and off of that, she got cast in this and became the superstar that she is today. But the cast Lucky. is... The cast is pretty tight, especially the casting of Stanley Tucci... Plays the announcer guy. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays Hamish, and he's fantastic. Um, and oh god, Elizabeth Banks plays Effie, and she is brilliant in it too. Uh, and I think I'm trying to remember who plays her costume designer. It, it's it's a Cinna. Cinna, yeah, it, it's some famous musician I think mm. that was doing uh, like a come almost like a cameo role. And I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's that's my guess. Uh, is there as much nudity as there is in the books? <laughs> oh, did you get a sense there was a lot of nudity in the books? <laughs> yeah. In what parts? They, they when they're doing her giant makeover, they like. Oh yeah, her. yeah, yeah. Uh, I I feel like they. Uh, here's the thing. This movie, I believe, got a PG thirteen rating. So. It's only going to have certain levels of, like, sexuality right. and, and, and violence, right? I think a lot of the violence is more implied. And family-friendly. <laughs> yeah, it's a movie about people that are kids. judging you, uh, judging a society for watching kids murder kids, and yet that's exactly what we were paying to do as an audience. <laughs> so we're going into that, right? Let's, let's just be, yeah. let's be honest about that from the get-go. The, the 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 movie in itself is a hypocrite. <laughs> well, it's okay because they're teens. Well, it's okay because the studio is making money. <laughs> anyway, how about we just dive in? Okay. Well. Let's all go to the lobby. 
get ourselves a treat. So we just finished. We just finished. And? Well, we finished. Oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> no. You didn't like it at all? No, I liked it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you seemed like you're like, well, that was done. Uh, it was interesting because I literally just finished it. You finished it a couple days before I did. But a week before I did, right? Yeah. Uh, so I just finished reading it, uh, I don't know, two days ago, I think. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of... The movie's more fast-paced. Super fast-paced. I mean, part of the nature of reading a book is, I don't know, I was reading maybe two, three chapters at a time. So you almost have more time Same. to just sit with it, and it feels like longer, right? Uh, I think, like, it takes place over a couple of weeks in the in the book, doesn't it? Like, doesn't it take place over... No, it says two weeks in here. I think it's just more like they just do it faster. And they... they don't show all the stuff. Well, they condense some oh. stuff for sure. Uh, but as a result, how does that feel that it moves much faster? It doesn't feel like you left out anything, really. But did you feel like... I didn't, I didn't feel like, hey, where's that? Like in like Harry Potter or Scott Pilgrim. I wasn't like... Hey, where where is this a giant storyline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty. It's the the book itself is fairly streamlined because it's all just from Katniss's point of view. Mm -hmm. If anything, this film takes adds stuff that's not in the books, right? Like you get to see perspectives outside of Katniss's and what's going on in the capital around their districts. Uh -huh. So it actually provides a wider scope, and if anything, it adds more to the story than it takes away. Uh -huh. I think one thing that, for me, there's lots of little details that are missing. Like, they don't show the that whole concept of the tributes being taken away. Like, what do you mean? Well, like, in the book, they keep on talking about how they have to clear the area that the tributes are oh, mur yeah. murdered in, so that way they can clear the bodies away. Mm -hmm. You don't get any of that. That's probably a budget thing. They just didn't... They couldn't... A 40 you having ships fall from the sky. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, what are Just little details. Lots of little, little things that I missed. Like her struggle for water is uh -huh. not here she at all. She gets it like right away. Yeah, she gets it right away. Uh, definitely not as much kissing. <laughs> yeah. That book is all about the kissing. And, and that's the one thing. Like, how did you feel about Katniss and Peter's relationship? I don't know. Did you care about them? No. Yeah, that's just it. Like, I felt the same way I felt the first time where I was just like, oh, I'm supposed to, am I supposed to root for these two as a couple? Like, it feels fake. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what you... I think that's the idea behind the trilogy anyway, is yeah, that... Yeah, because it is fake. Is it, though? In the book, you definitely... It, the book definitely leaves you on this feeling more of a uh, this love triangle between her and Gail and Peta, mm -hmm. where... You definitely feel like by the end of the book that she is very confused about her feelings for Peta. Where here it feels like they're just doing everything for the... You, here you get the sense that she loves him like a brother. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, and that she wants to take care of him and help him. And she doesn't want to see him not succeed by any means. But you don't get a twinkle that there's any romantic feelings for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That was at least my takeaway, and the thing that I, I I think is missing is, like, the real weight of that romantic subplot. Right. Uh, what sequences... And I guess everything just in the book felt more vivid for me. Like, what do you mean? It's just, like, the d little details 
of just everything. I felt like her relationship with Rue was a lot more impactful. Where here it yeah. felt like they it was spent, like ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. It took up maybe ten minutes of screen time. Uh, and so again, you just don't get as invested with relationships. I didn't get a sense of Cato at all. What do you mean? Like Cato as, as the big bad of the movie, which I guess technically you could look at the capital as the big bad, but like just as Cato, he has this big speech at the end, which is not in the book where he starts going on about, uh, Oh, one more killed to make my district proud. Like he starts mocking the games in a way. But it's like, where does that come from? Like, all of a sudden, he develops a character at the end of the movie. The end doesn't, like, isn't really the same. Well, it's just Kato is more menacing. They're in a tree, not on, like, top of that weird shiny thing. No, they were on top of something. They no, climbed they were up. in a tree. Are they in a tree? I thought they climbed up They climbed yeah. up something. No, they're in a tree, I'm pretty sure. No, I, I think you're wrong. I think they did climb up on something in the books. I, I'm anyway, I, I, I remember, I do remember, but maybe that said, I might have been thinking that because I'd watched the movies before and I remembered this sequence. So maybe oh, my my I'm memory sure is playing. I'm climbed up in a tree and like he was dragged away for like 10 hours and then she shot him in the head instead of the hand. Well, she and shot him in the head. She shot him in the hand to get him to go away from PETA. But she shoots him in the head. I mean, you don't see where she shoots him because yeah. they cut away, which they do a lot in this movie. To I think to get their PG thirteen rating. They don't want P. They don't want like PG fourteen or something. No, I mean the kind of the trick they employ here is they have a really shaky, fast camera, so it's really hard to see details. So it's easy to avoid seeing stabbings or blood because they just kind of do the Jason Bourne frenetic shooting and editing thing that that movie sort of started it's almost like a bad lazy way to do action because it allows you to shoot it quickly without any real choreography you just got to shake the camera and move it and it it gives the illusion of a really exciting dramatic action scene but really it's just a shaky camera we hired a five-year-old to do the camera that's kind of what it feels like in some moments i i like the visuals in this movie i like the the handheld aspect to a lot of these scenes Uh it definitely gives it this less polished feel you know, so I think there's something really charming about that aspect of the movie, uh, and I wonder if they keep that up in the in the sequels. I don't remember at all. To be, I feel like the camera definitely gets smoother as it goes along, uh, and maybe that's intentional. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, anything else? What did you think of the cast? It was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're tired. Where's your details? Where's your fight? What? You're you're falling asleep on me, aren't you? No, I'm not. Well, then talk. Wait, what do you think? Um. It was good. But what did you think? Each, like, what did you think of uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss? It was pretty, she was pretty good. I think she's phenomenal. Like you, you feel, you know, Katniss comes off in this book as someone who's tough and strong, and you know, not the most likable and kind of hard. Uh, and and she in, imbues that really, really well. But they, also, go ahead. They laugh at her killing a bird. Oh, it's, well, at the beginning? Yeah. With her and Gail? Well, that's because they're do. it's almost like a competition. Where they're, it's like, they're, it's almost like they laugh at how good she is. Right. But yeah, they laugh at killing a bird. It's, this is a movie full of child murder. And you're, <laughs> you're giving them the heck for, for killing food when they're apparently starving? That's the one thing I will say. For a movie called The Hunger Games, where we're supposed to believe that all these people from all these different districts are, are you know, starving and filthy, like... They're not too... They, they look like movie stars. They look, you know, 
they don't look, you know, like they Like, in the games, they look like they like they should in the... In the districts. Well, that's just it. They, they look like they're, you know, not, not exactly starving. I'll just say that. They, they could have done a, a, a stronger job on that. They're a little bit plump. I wouldn't say they're plump. That's... Yeah, that's but... Don't fat shame the <laughs> hey, people from District I'm not 12. Fat shaming them. Anyway. I mean, like. What did you think of. Uh, I love Woody Harrelson as Hamish. I think he does a great job. Mm-hmm. Although they don't play him as much of a drunk here as they do in the books. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That kind of almost disappears after the, the opening scenes. It's almost like they, they force him to get his shit together a little faster. <laughs> and also, like, the relationship between. Hamish and her in the books is is a bit more frayed. Like, she doesn't know how Hamish feels about her. Where I feel like by the time she's into the games, he's like, I got your back, don't worry. He's more fond of PETA in the books. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't spend the time on the relationships that the book allows for, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't feel like it would take up that much more screen time to to play out some of these moments the way the book did. I'm yeah. just curious why they they went the direction they did. They also set up uh, President Snow as more of uh, a force I here. Think, I think what you mean. Well, you just see him more. You know, yeah. you see him talking to the game. Now it's a game leader. Because in the book, it's just the game masters. They don't really have a character that represents them. They just kind of talk about them as like a third party. But here you have Wes Bentley plays that guy with the, the funny beard. Mm-hmm. That clearly is going to be killed at the end. That's not in the books too, right? The fact that the no. the game leader. I'm pretty is... sure in the second one, in the beginning of the second one, they 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 say that they have a new game master. Right? They they allude to the fact that there's a new game leader. That makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, he kind of messed up. <laughs> well, it, you get the sense what it, what it kind of ends on this idea that she's defied the capital by uh, by not mm-hmm. bending to their rules and then doing her own thing. It's like, well, it was his mistake and he was punished, so... Yeah, well, they, and they make it more clear. I think the book does a better job of making it more clear, too. Like, even when she decorates Rue's... Rue, or, like, put, gives her flowers and puts a wreath around her, like, that in the book plays as such a big F you to the capital. You know, where in the movie you don't get a sense that that's... Something that's in play, mm-hmm. you know, that she's doing it on purpose to kind of do that. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I but I I felt like it was a bit of a Cole's Notes version of the book, and I just again was missing the depth of character and, and background and nuance. Right. Yeah. I guess would you do you think you would like this more if you had just watched the movie before reading the book? I guess it's hard to know that, right? Yeah. It's almost impossible to know that. Well, maybe. I'm not sure. Well, I don't want to ask you what I think is going to happen in the next one because you kind of know a little bit already. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, so where do we... Do we just go? Do we just leave and we come back? Yeah. All right. We will be back well, and Ethan will be more awake. And maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> For Catching Fire, right? Yeah. All right. We'll see you then. And then what's the last one? Mockingjay? Mockingjay. But they do the, the classic... Uh, double wobble. Double wobble. They're, they're double like, wobble let's, let's milk this money train as much as we can. Yeah, we they... will get as much money for Jennifer Lawrence as we can. Well, what's fascinating is... So she got paid... I was wrong. In the opening, I think I said that this was her first big breakout. 
Uh, I think it was this was a huge breakout for her, but she was in X Men First Class before this. Uh, apparently, she got paid a half million dollars to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess how much she got paid for the second movie? <laughs> like five. Ten. Ten million. Oh my jeez. Uh, one other little fun trivia I, I read about this movie was that there was a swear jar on set, and she contributed the most. Probably because of all the running and all the different, like, it's a physical role. So I'm sure she was tired, but just listening to her in interviews and stuff, she's a potty mouth. <laughs> I, have a, I have a big soft spot for Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's great. <laughs> yeah, she does more adult movies. So outside of this and the X-Men movies, uh, it'll be a while before you become familiar with the, her current filmography. But Where does the money for the Schroeder go? I, they didn't say that. I'm very curious. Hopefully, it, it went to the crew or went to like some kind of a, organization. an organization. Yeah, that'd be the right way to do that. Uh-huh. Swearers Anonymous. Yeah. All right. Well, we will be back uh, in moments for you. But for like days, weeks, months, years, you know. I don't think it'll be. If it's years for us, we're going to have a problem. Uh, we'll be back with. It'll be like uh, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Should we watch it? Yeah, we we uh, pooched it on the Christopher Nolan series by uh, <laughs> by like a month by holding off on wanting, not realizing we didn't want to watch Interstellar. But yeah, we, it we took won't, us a month to figure that out. We won't do that here. We will be anyway. Either way, no matter how long it takes us, we we'll be back in mere moments with you for Catching Fire. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we just finished Catching Fire. Technically, The Hunger Games Catching yeah, Fire. The Hunger Games Catching Fire. And? Uh, it was good. I just finished reading the book today. Uh, Ephraim finished about a week ago, almost. Yeah. So uh, what do you think in terms of the... I mean, first of all, did you... you Actually, we were talking about this this afternoon. You had forgotten part of the ending because you were tired when you read it. Yeah. So what did you remember from the ending uh, before we watched it? The helicarrier thing comes up, picks her up, and... That was it? You forgot, like, the Game Master was in on it? Yeah. And all that other stuff? So was that a nice surprise for you today? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I remember the first time being surprised by that when I watched the movie. Uh, and it's played by... Philip Seymour Hoffman is one of my favorite actors who is no longer with us, sadly... Um, they got a hell of a cast here. Jeffrey Wright is, uh, what, what's the character's name? B something? B? Beatty. Beatty. Um, Amanda Plummer is the crazy one. Which one? She's the one that says TikTok over it again. TikTok, okay. TikTok. She's fantastic. Yeah, really, really solid. Like, it's pretty beat by beat. Like, they don't veer off the book very much at all. Oh, Yeah. Would you say like what's missing? There's a few things. Like what? What's missing from the book for you? Uh, the Bonnie person and the other. Oh yeah. And when she when she's like out hunting in winter, it's like the the gate turns on. Yeah, they collapse um, the pregame. Although they only, I'd say only half the movie takes place during the games, because yeah, like that's that's more than the book. The book is only the last hundred pages. 
Yeah, they definitely focus. Bah, it's a Hunger Games movie. I get that. But that said, you're right. There is a lot more that happens pre-games in the book that they, they skip out on. So you, mm-hmm. we meet these characters named Bonnie and someone else? Uh, yeah, someone. <laughs> yeah, who kind of bring up District 13. Uh, they just find different ways to collapse things. I think the main differences for me from the book to the movie are they definitely play up... Like, you buy that Katniss is in love with Gale. I think when you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, where in the book, it's a lot of the same beats. She's not as affectionate. She's a bit more cold and distanced. So I think what the book does a better job of is really playing this love triangle uh-huh. between Peta and Gale and her, where you're not quite sure where she lands. Uh-huh. Uh, and here, like, I remember the first time around, I just wasn't ever that invested in her relationship with Peta. Mm-hmm. You know, where I find, because I've read the books now, I am more so, even even watching the movies, I can, kind of, I can see the nuances they're doing there. Mm-hmm. But um, but the movies don't necessarily do that part of it justice. Also, it's 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 part of the the nature of it because the movie the books are all from from Katniss's point of view. Yeah. So you get all of her interior monologue and you understand what's going on in her head all the time. Mm-hmm. That said, given that they don't follow that, they don't like make Katniss a narrator in the book or in or the movie. It, I think you had a, they do a pretty good job of explaining where she's at and letting you know how she feels. Uh-huh. Uh, what did you think overall? It was good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Any particular favorite scenes? Well, I thought BD was dead. Like, it literally looked like he was dead. He was like... In the book, I just read this a couple hours ago. In he, the In the book... You know he isn't dead, but like in the in the movie, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's unclear at the end of the first of this of the second book whether or not BD is alive or not. No, of this the movie. Well, in the book it's clear that he's alive because he's lying in life support in, in this, on the pod too. He gets he gets out with Katniss, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't see him on the ship here at all. So. Uh, I imagine if they have more story... Again, I haven't rewatched these movies. I can't remember if he's in the third one or not. But I imagine if he's in the third book, he'll be alive in uh, the third movie. Because they, they tend to follow it pretty... They don't go really off rails. No, and it'll be interesting to see, since they split the last book into two movies, if they give more time... To those smaller nuanced things that they end up having to trunicate or cut out mm-hmm. of uh, of the movie, just by nature of it. I mean, it's still a two right. and a half hour movie. This one, and it still moves yeah. along pretty well. Yeah, and what I what I thought they did a really good job of too was making you feel the victor, like the other victors were pissed off and not oh, yeah. into it. Although mm-hmm. I will say the one thing that that I liked in the book was that the the ending. The end twist really catches you off guard. Um, you're not expecting everyone to be in on it. Where in the movie, I gotta say they they tip their hat quite a bit. 
Like, there's a lot going on where you're like, why did that person do that? So you start to feel like there's something going on mm-hmm. earlier on. Would you agree? Uh, favorite new characters? No. No? You don't like any of the new characters? No, they all suck. I'm kidding. The Game Master is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Probably going to die, though. The Game Master is um, probably going to die? Well, he's... The Game Master is one of the heads of the revolution. Yeah, but the other one died. And he wasn't even part of a revolution, so... That's true, but this one got out. He snuck away. Uh, I think they're going to find him and hunt him down. <laughs> well, you've read... How much of the book have you... The new book have you read? The new meaning of the third book? Uh, 30 pages. So not very far into it. <laughs> no. So what are your predictions then for the third and final installment? I'm, I'm calling it the third movie because I know there's two parts. But yeah. there's only one book. So what are your predictions for where this is going to go? Um... I think they're going to try to rescue PETA, or they're really not. Depends. Do you um, PETA's still alive? Yeah. He was doing interviews and stuff. Oh, in the next book. I rem- Yeah. With Caesar. Oh, right. Well, that's a... Yeah, I mean, PETA is a tool to be used now, right? The Capitals got him, and they can kind of use him how they want to. So, mm-hmm. it's kind of what you want to happen. It, it, if this is... You know, if they're taking the a page out of Star Wars, which I really think they are with the structure of these movies. Mm-hmm. You know, the end, the second one ends on such a down note, right? You know, if Peta is our Han, our love interest, he's been taken away by Jabba, just like Jabba. Well, he's been taken away by Snow, just no, the by way. No, by the flab. Yeah, by the way, just by the way that you know Han is taken away by. Java or Boba Fett to Jabba's, right? Uh-huh. Very similar. You know what I mean? They're, we're playing with similar, you know, Lando ends up double-crossing the Empire, just like a lot of the tributes here, double-cross the capital, you know? They're, they're, there's, a lot, there's a lot of parallels going on inside of these, these two franchises, oh, right? Yeah, also, what we learned, you don't do the District 12 sign in other districts. No, they mentioned that in the, in the books for sure. Yeah, you, you you don't do that. No, you get in trouble. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I I let go in the books, but didn't make sense here at all when we watched it, was when they play that whole trick where they spin the clock around to disorient them. It doesn't matter because they point out there's a tree there. Yeah. That totally um, like a giant tree. Like a giant tree that ones. lets you know that that's twelve midnight. So everything still stays the same after that. And if you're inside the game, not near the cornucopia in the middle, it doesn't matter because that's the only thing that spun. It wasn't like the world spun around and all the different things shifted around. Uh-huh. So it's not that... in the same spot. No, all they really did was spin each other off. It didn't really change anything. For like a few minutes. Yeah, it was pretty... Uh, not even minutes, like maybe a minute. Maybe a minute they're spinning around. And so Katniss falls off, and then they stop it to make sure she stays alive. <laughs> Which we know now, right? It seems convenient when you're watching the movies. Like, well, that's awfully convenient. They stopped it just in time. But you know that that was a plan. That was a ploy, right? Uh-huh. What's fascinating, um, just in terms of uh, this is movie's place in history at the time, was it was the first time since, like, 1973 uh-huh. that... Uh, a female protagonist was the number one box office movie. Uh, the Exorcist was the last time in 73. Right. And it was the first time 
since this is 2013 this movie comes out it was the first time since 1965 that a female actor was the lead of a film's marketing campaign like what do you mean well the, the the fact that Jennifer Lawrence was the face of the Hunger Games so well, it was the she first wasn't the first one I understand that but what I'm saying it was the first time I, the number one film at the box office was like heavily marketed by a female actress it's the what? first time since 1965 do you know what that movie was in 1965 what the sound of music oh yeah it makes sense but that's it's 50 years later isn't that crazy mm-hmm or almost 50 years later. Uh, now, it's very different. We have lots of... Not lots, but more. Lots. No, not lots. It's still... We're... You know, but there's definitely more strong female, you know, big movies out yeah. than there than there were at this point in history, you know, eight years later. All right. So, uh, so when we come back, though, we should probably still talk between each movie, right? When we do part th- part one and part two of Mockingjay? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, although we'll have read the whole book. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah. So anyway, so stay tuned. We will be right back in for you. In mere moments. In mere moments for you. It'll probably take some, a while for us. Like one or two weeks or something. Yeah. But uh, it'll be mere moments for you for Mockingjay part one. Yeah. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Alright, so we just finished. Watching the first part of Mockingjay. Mockingjay part one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so Ephraim has finished reading the entire book. Yes. I have read about all but the last 50 or so pages of, of Mockingjay, but I did jump ahead... And while Ephraim was reading Mockingjay, I read Songbirds and Snakes, which was really fascinating. Um, it doesn't really give it's it... it's not a... It's a prequel. Romance. Well, no, it is, it is actually. It's a romance. Oh. It's really fascinating because it's about snow growing up, and it takes place during... Well, part of it takes place during the 10th Hunger Games. Um, and it's really, really interesting because you get a whole different version of him and his origin story. But there's also a lot of interesting parallels that they show that lay, that things that are in here. You go, oh, that's why this is that way, and that's why this is that way. It's really fascinating mm-hmm. to read, uh, and I think it's actually her best Hunger Games book in terms of just like the writing, but also the plotting and the character work is really strong. That said, um, so I haven't quite, but I have seen the movies a long time ago. Once. Just. Once that's true. I only watched them once, uh, but I'm right in the middle of, of. I've just read all the stuff we just watched, so it was fascinating. So, what did you notice? First of all, did you like it? Yeah, I think it was good. Yeah, how would you compare it to the other two movies? Uh, it's very different. I'm not sure, cause I think I liked. Uh, I don't know, but the second one was weird. Yeah, it was just weird. Why is that? Um, because it was like, I don't know. Kind of a Hunger Games movie, but not really. Yeah, and this one's, I don't This know. one's different because it's not, but what I like about this series is that they're not just trying to give you the same thing over and over again. I don't like how Katniss looks like she's 30. Well, you can't help that. The, the actress is getting older. Uh, well, she don't cer- get older then. She certainly doesn't look like she's 17. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
a bit of a problem. But that's it. What I do like about this series is that they're not just trying to repeat the same thing over and over again, right? It's not just the same mm-hmm. Hunger Games um, and all of that. So I find it really, really interesting that way. Um, and in terms of and and so what was interesting about the adaptation of this is they do a number of changes here. So they've got um, Effie is in the story which she was not there at all mm-hmm. in the book so far from what I've read. I don't know if she pops back in at the end of the book, but she's not there so far. I'm pretty sure. Does she or not? I, I'm pretty sure she does. Okay. Anyway, but it's, so they've given some Hamish's stuff to her, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else is different? Oh, the, Katniss never makes one of the demands Katniss makes. She doesn't make the demand that she is the one that kills Snow. Yeah. And that's a pretty big departure from the book because they bring that up several times throughout the story. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm curious how... She's like, I'm going to kill Snow. Yeah, so I, I wonder if they do that to make her feel less vindictive in the movie. But or she is. I know, it's, it's an interesting thing to omit because you'd think that'd be like the main thing that they'd want to uh-huh. include. So I'm curious about that. And there's one more thing we noticed while we were watching that... What was w- it? I can't remember. It was something else that was a big shift. Uh, was it like... What do you mean? Like, I don't know. Just something that was different that I noticed. I'm like, oh, they did that. Um, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And I remembered while we were watching that Philip Seymour Hoffman died while they were making these movies. And I know that some of it is they digitally added him into the movie. Um, but I don't know what. Because I'm sure they would have shot the bulk of his scenes. But they hadn't shot all of them. So... That little reminder comes up at the end the, mm-hmm. that it was dedicated to him. But it's got a great cast. He's in it. Julianne Moore plays President Coyne. Um, Jeffrey Wright, again, is B-Tree. B-T? Uh, B-D. B-D. Okay. Good? I don't, I don't know what I think about Coyne. She, I mean, whether or not, like, Coyne, like, she's playing the part well. Yeah. The way it's written in the book. But I don't know if I just... I don't know if I like the character or not. Well, you're not. You're supposed to be on the fence with the character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because she's, you know, she's another version of Snow in a way, right? She's still the leader of of a sect of people, and with that comes responsibility. And so you, you, you know, they have to make some calls and do some things. Like that Uncle are, Ben once said, "Great power comes great responsibility." That's right, but it's like with that, like. You can you have to make some choices that are not going to be popular, um, uh-huh. and that will also. Like, my when she said that he was going to rescue um. Uh, Peta, we were like booing. Oh well, that's the big change. It was is the rescue sequence. Oh yeah, yeah. It's quite different in the book. Like in the book, basically Katniss finds out about it after the fact. In the book, it's like very boring. The first half. Well, in the book they just barely mention the rescue. They mention that they're going on the, the rescue sequence, but Katniss isn't part of it. Finnick does do the video to distract them and, and, and gives away his backstory and and exposes Snow for all the terrible things he's done. But they don't have that moment where Katniss and um, and Snow have a, a video conference, for lack of a better term. Um, Zoom calling. Well, they just go... They kind of hit it on the nose a bit more, where in the book it's just more subtle. Uh, and they kind of give it away here, where the idea that it's like, Snow knows they're there, he lets them get them get him out. He even says, 
the thing you love the most will kill you. <laughs> you know? Which is PETA, right? He's But it's a, he's really just laying on thick where in the book, it comes as a real shock that PETA jumps up and tries to kill her. You know? Where here, they, they're just really setting it up for the audience to see to know something's up, right? Which for me, I don't know, you're pulling the rug out from under the audience far earlier than you need to, and it's not as effective than if you just had it happen. Right? Uh-huh. But uh but I like I like this one. I like it's a nice setup. I think, you know, if you're going to split the last book into two sections, I think they were smart about how they did it. It's, it's a pretty lackluster entry in terms of action but it's really you know what i would call a hallway where they're they need it's laying a lot of track and setting a lot of things up that are going to pay off down the road yeah yeah what were some of your favorite sequences in the movie what were some of the things that you liked and how they adapted it or some things that you're like oh really well you were surprised by the casting of boggs yeah so i thought he was gonna be a fat white mcdonald's lover (laughs) <laughs> like just like a, oh, so you thought he was like an ex peacekeeper kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really. It's funny because when you said that, I was like, I forgot that they had cast. Um, I'm trying to remember who cast it. It's, he was is the guy. Um, he's a well known actor now, but anyway, um, reading it, I never really thought about what he looked like for some reason. I guess he just looked like a military guy for me. I I don't remember him thinking of him as a white guy or a black guy or anything. I thought any, of him like looking kind of like Plutarch. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Well, what did you think when you first saw Plutarch in the movies compared to the books? Did he look different? Do you mean? I don't really know. You didn't have like an image in your head of him? No. Yeah, for me, I'm coming into these having watched the movies originally first... Uh-huh. So when I watch read the books, I picture all the different characters. Right. Yeah. Uh, Josh Hutcherson, who is PETA, uh-huh. uh, is barely in the movie, but his scenes are pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you. F- I forgot the f- that he he deteriorates as much as he does, but the book does a good job of it. But they really sell it really really well, and just how messed up he looks. And, uh-huh. and terrible <laughs> poor Peta poor poor uh-huh. Peta but it's great it's the one thing that she's taken for granted is how much he cares for her right and that's uh-huh. that's the thing that they that Snow takes away it's strong super strong um I'm what are you looking forward to without spoiling any the very very ending for me because I'm still reading it um what are you looking forward to in the final installment? I'm not sure. What are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I know I know that it's more it's more about them storming the capital, right? So it's going to be yeah. a lot more action oriented. We're going to see a lot yeah, more. Yeah, hopefully. Well, you're going to see a lot more of them in action as opposed to. Or they're to... going to be hanging out in like a stylist's house. <laughs> You'll see that for a bit, but it's just going to be... be like thirty minutes of the movie. They're going to like milk all of that. There's going to be like. 10 minutes of action. <laughs> well, that's kind of how the book feels. It feels like the storming of the Capitol is really just the last 100 pages or so. Yeah. So it it takes it was a lot of lead up to the action sequences in the in the third book. She's really trying to get the love stuff out. 
Well, there's it's good though. It's 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 a pretty decent love triangle between Gail and Peta. But but what was fascinating for me, just having read the books now, is when I I remember watching the movies the first time around, and I never really got the whole Peta thing. I felt like their chemistry just wasn't there. But this time through, from both the books and the movies, I'm like, oh, I totally get why she why she ends up with Peta as opposed to Gail, mm-hmm. or why she picks him in the end. Um, so yeah. Oh, the nut. They'll, they'll, they'll be doing so. The two big things they'll do in the second, the next movie, are, are the storming of the nut in District Two. That mountain fortress. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. That'll probably be how the movie starts. Uh, and then it'll be end with. Did the, they do that in the books? Yeah. They did. Yeah, they go in. That's how they do. Because District Two is the last district that yeah. they have to kind of oh, yeah, win yeah, over. Yeah, I remember that. And 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 Gail is is telling them constantly. He's like, "We gotta blow. We just gotta seal them in." And they're like, "Well, if we do that, they'll die." And Gail's like, "So what?" Uh huh. You know, they didn't care with District Twelve. But they, so there's a bit, so that, that's like the dark moment of, of Gale. I'm like, oh shit, Gale is not. <laughs> Gale's uh, getting a bit. Gale's had some problems. Um, any final thoughts on this installment of the series? Mm, I feel like it was more exciting than reading the first half of the book. It's true. Well, they had to dramatize it some way, right? No, I thought they did a really good job of, of adapting it it would be a difficult one to squeeze all into one movie I think it would have oh, to be yeah. like a three three and a half hour movie so I don't mind that. what they've done really nicely is is let it breathe a bit as opposed to having to trim 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 uh, and I like that we get some sequences that you don't necessarily see in the book like you get to see some of the, the the sequences of the other districts rebelling and and their acts of yeah, yeah, fighting yeah. back like that the with the lumberjacks all climbing oh, yeah. the trees and blowing up the peacekeepers blowing up the peacekeepers is great and the dam the storming of the dam is really really strong mm-hmm. so uh, there's a great little moment too in uh, in in Snow's palace and I don't know who it is if it's like his granddaughter or someone yeah, that's in the room so. where he makes the Mockingjay symbol illegal. Uh, and this little girl like starts. And she's like, yeah, oh. she's clearly grabbing something off of her braid. It's like she's got one in her braid. No, she, no, it's because she in the second one she was like, she wanted to have her hair like that, so she was touching her hair. Oh, I thought she she had no. maybe a thing on. Okay, no. but either way, you got it. It was well done because you get the sense it's like, oh, this girl is uh, is on side. So I like I like those little flourishes and, and showing. Things that are outside of just Katniss's point of view in the movie, just to kind of build the world. Because Katniss's point of view is boring. That's not necessarily. You think that's true? In the book, it is. Why? Why is that? Because she's locked in a bunker for five days. <laughs> well, but to be fair, often books are you know books either have to be you know from a third person point of view or a first person point of view, and uh-huh. and even though it's written with a narration and. With Katniss, it's like the books kind of just follow everything that happens to Katniss. And so you don't know anything that she's not involved in. Right. But that's, that's all right, too. I mean, Harry Potter does that, too, with the exception of, in the later books, the opening chapters are often from someone else's point of view. They're always from somebody else's point of view, usually. Yeah, but and then but then the rest of the books are always from Harry's, right? Yeah, so I when like you, it about that. Yeah, but then you get, but then they they differentiate that from that in the books in the movies too, right? 
you guys see more of the final battles wherein oh they don't do as much where in like in the final in the battle of Hogwarts in the books it's just like all of a sudden you find out that a major character died because <laughs> off off screen right mm-hmm. which I think like ticked off a lot of people when they read the books for the first time but it was also great I loved it because it's just like that's how it would be it would be Harry finding out about it it's like oh by the way that they're gone already yeah right? anyway no all right so we won. Oh. <laughs> we will be back to discuss. Uh, you forgot? Or it's just Mockingjay Part it? 2. Oh, you need to go to bed. Mockingbird? Mockingbird? Yeah. <laughs> Mockingjay Part 2. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And we just finished. Yay! Thoughts? Less boring than the last one. Yeah, well, the, the last one was a real big hallway into this it one. It was just like, uh, when is this gonna end? <laughs> the last one? Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the setup. Um, we were pointing out how many lights were in each scene, shot. Well, we were just, I was making fun of it's just It's just a common thing for those. If, if you're not a film person, just do yourself a favor. Next time you watch, especially like a big studio type movie, just look at how many lights are turned on in every single room all There's the like time. Five lamps. In the oh, show DPs just like putting random lamps in places that people would never have a lamp turned on unless they were sitting over there. It's kind of ridiculous. It's it's a big pet peeve of mine. I'm known for walking around sets and turning lights off when I'm shooting because it just drives me nuts. There's also something nice about just pitches of darkness. Like some of the best sequences in this movie are when it's really dark. Like that whole sequence underground, right when the mutts... Because we don't like to see their ugly faces. Well, the mutts are creepy. But... But, uh... Are you talking about the actors? Cruel. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of uggos in this movie. That's what they went for casting. Jennifer Lawrence and... Oh, big time uggo. She knows it. She knows she's dog-faced uggo. No, she's... She would laugh at that. That's the thing. Jennifer Lawrence would have a a humorous take on that comment. That's why only PETA could get her. Oh, yeah, exactly. No. And Pete is dead inside, so there you go. They're a perfect couple. No. Uh, it's it's the sequence in the underground with uh, the mutts is great because they, first of all, they they strip the score way back. So it's just the sounds. And they don't, and they keep everything in real suppressed shadows. They really with, didn't want to pay their composer. <laughs> yeah. They, only, they can only afford so many minutes of score. No, but it's a really effective choice because... You know, the real cliched version of that scene is just like a atten- attention pad. Just like, bomb, just getting you, getting your heart going. But dropping the music out entirely is a really effective choice because it makes you sit there because you're just waiting for any little, you're listening for any clue of a sound to come in, right? So sometimes less is more. But also just, you know, pulling back the set to nothing. So, you know, first of all, it makes it easier to shoot in a way because you don't have to create all these elaborate backgrounds, either digitally or building them. But it also just creates this really claustrophobic feeling where it's just like you're surrounded by darkness. This evil could come from any direction, right? It's really, really effective. That sequence worked really, really well. The sequence I don't remember from the book um, is the oil. Yeah. Do you remember that at all? Like, I remember Boggs getting... I was, like, half asleep when I read a little bit. Yeah, I remember his bomb, his legs being bombed off and all <coughs> that. But I don't remember... And I remember, the, like, you know, everyone thinking they died. But I don't remember 
specifically that whole oil thing. I think I feel like that's something they added to make it more Hunger Games esque. Uh huh. There was like a ten pods in that like one area. Yeah, well, fair enough. They were really, but it's like they're just destroying their own city. Uh huh. Collateral that, damage. Well, that's the one thing about this, and 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 the ending works towards it, so it's okay. But it never feels like the capital is ever really fighting them. Like they're they're never even on the defense. They're just being pummeled the entire time. Like with the exception of of the attacks that they have on them, just from these pod things, it never feels like the peacekeepers or the capital even stands a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't feel like they ever get the upper hand, which. You know, but then you work towards the ending and the question becomes, well, is Coin and her regime going to be just as bad? You know? Which I is what... I don't think they had that big of a chase with the mutts in the book. Oh, I remember being pretty intense. Like, they lose half of the people they have left during yeah, that sequence. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that happened. But, um... Well, they skipped through so much other stuff. I don't think... Oh, what, what are the two sisters called or whatever? Uh, Oh, the, the the twins, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, only, only one of them dies. Like, one of them dies in the mutt sequence and the other one's... Yeah, they kill them both early on. No, only one dies in the mutt sequence and the other one's, like, still alive. But they kill both of those sisters during the oil sequence, right? Like, one of the ones that was... Yeah, in the movie, but I mean the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, different people, only... sur- different people survive and make it through. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they don't have that whole bit. And I don't remember Tigress... Being, like, actually having tattoos all over her. I just remember her name being Tigress, but maybe I'm forgetting. And you remembered an interesting detail about her, too. Gravelly voice. Yeah. I thought she was an old person. That's interesting. Ew, old people. Yeah, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Jerk. Um, And what about, what did you think about in terms of just, like, the narrative structure? Like, they don't vary very far from the book. If anything, they're just condensing things. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think about... Because they really downplayed PETA's rehabilitation. I mean, they didn't really downplay it that much. They just didn't spend as much time before they got to capital, the capital. Action! They didn't, they didn't have their training sequence in the District 13. It's true. With the city blocks and go... Blah, blah, blah. We didn't need that. Yes, we did. We needed that? <laughs> we had training in all the other ones. It's true. <laughs> this one's just about war. I think it worked though. I didn't need. A, they could have made way more much money. Way more. Way money. more much money. Great language <laughs> skills. Well, they are. I mean, they're making the songbirds and snakes. Oh, they are. Is in production now. I think. It is. I haven't heard any casting though yet. I, I always thought. Um, who was I thinking would be a good young Snow? Who? Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Gleason. Um, Dominic Gleason. Who? He was Hux in uh, oh, yeah. in the Star well, Wars movies. If he, if he dropped the British accent and the red hair. Sure. Yeah. Well, he would. He's done North American accents before, but I think he's got a he's got a similar look to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Donald Sutherland as a yeah, young version of him. Yeah, it'd be a good casting, I think. And he plays that like I think he could do a really good job of like that playing the pompous parts when he needs to, but also. He's just such a great actor that you get the humanity of him where it's required too. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's you know spoiler for those who haven't read the the Hunger Games prequel. 
I honestly I feel haven't. you're still reading it. I won't say I'm not gonna spoil anything. I'm just gonna say my personal opinion is just from a, a writing standpoint, it's the strongest of the of the four books. Mm-hmm. Um, it also tells a much more, I would argue, like compelling story because he's such a weird, tragic figure. Um, uh-huh. It sheds a new light on watching these movies now, just knowing what you know about his past. Uh, anyway, if you're fans of the books or even the movies. It's a great, great read. I really, I really dug it. So, and it's the same director as the last three Hunger Games movies. Is directing the prequel. Right. So they'll stick around. What? Uh, any surprises in here? Mm, not really. No, there's no. They don't really mess with the adaptation too much. Things are just quick. Like the whole yeah. trial of Katniss Everdeen seems to go on for weeks or months in the book. But yeah. it seems like it's over in two seconds. It's like, oh, you've been locked up for 30 minutes? Oh. Well, they just, I think what you miss by that is you just don't get a sense that this is a dif- difficult decision for them to pardon her. It's like, yeah, people aren't that mad about the fact that you killed the president. Yeah, you're people, fine. Uh, yeah, maybe you just go home and uh, we'll pardon you later on. You and Peter can have a whole mess of kids. Yeah. It's cute. I like the end. I like the, what I like about the ending of this, uh, and it's the same as the book, is that it doesn't go where a typical movie like this would go. Like it doesn't end with a big battle scene where they take them down. It's it's really all about the politics, mm-hmm. which is um, I think what makes Hunger Games unique when it comes to these big blockbuster franchises. Panam seems to be just America, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like the districts encompany the whole world because it feels like every district. Like, they can get to all the different districts by train, which means that... No, it's, it's only America. Yeah, it's North America. It's America split into, like, thir- 14 sections about. Yeah, so so the question is, is, like, did America shut itself off from the rest of the world? You know, and the rest of the world is fine. It almost makes me think of... Um, New book. More money. The Handmaid's Tale. No, it, it's something that's... It's definitely a great question, because I always wonder that myself. It's like, is Panam just America... And they went crazy, and the rest of the world is fine, and they just kind of are ignoring them. Because, you know, Americans do that sometimes. Well, I mean, there is that. It's like, you know, the Hunger Games deals with that, right? No, the Hunger Games, the Handmaid's Tale, uh, deals with that. Like, a a different world where America has been split off from the rest of the world because just their ideas and values have become so distorted. Uh, Yeah, uh, it definitely feels like that. Um, uh-huh. final thoughts on the Hunger Games series? Pretty good. I was asleep while reading half of the books, so... Oh, really? Yeah, well, you read them late at night. Yeah. The, only the first one really, like, I remembered. The, well, it's the first... It, it's, it's, it's an interesting series because it sets up this really specific, like, almost like bait and switch where it's all about, like, just kids killing each other. Um, but then it gets really... All fun games. Well, then it turns into almost like a Star Wars franchise where it's just not... It's, it's become about different things and the politics come in, which is smart and where it should go. The it should third be- one, like the, the first half of it, got, was so boring. It took me like a month. To read it? Of Mockingjay? Yeah. Yeah, you took, you took you stalled on that book a long time. I read the whole Songbirds and Snakes while you were still halfway through that. And then I just started reading it to catch up. Uh, do you have a favorite of the movies or books? Mm, I like this one and the first one. 
I think I think I agree with that. The second two feel like, yeah, it's it's got a great beginning and a great ending, and the two in the middle just feel like not filler, but it just feels like necessary steps to get to the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but book wise, I I, th- I still think I like the newest one the best, and uh, I look forward to its movie adaptation. What about these three? Out of these three, what's the best? Least favorite? Mm-hmm. No, the what's th- the best book? Oh, the best book. Out of these three, not. Songbook. Oh, the original three. Yeah. Uh, I like them all in different first, ways. I but think. the first one's the most interesting because it really creates this unique mm-hmm. unique world. And I think it does a really good job. Of just, I like it because it keeps you in her point of view for the whole thing. But uh, but I don't dislike any of them. They all, they all work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think her writing improved just as, as pure, pure writing itself improved over the three books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks for watching these with me, man. Yes. Better get home. Better get home. You are home. It's pretty far away. All right, go to sleep. Thanks for joining us for The Hunger Games. May the odds forever be in your favor. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.